Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have Debbie Emick with me here today. And she is a blogger, author, podcaster herself. Um, and we're here to talk about her book that's just been released and um, just so much other wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, that, that is really trauma-related and recovery-related and hope-filled. So welcome, Debbie. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Terry. I'm just so grateful to have this time and space with you today. Oh, thank you so much. And again, I, I said right before we recorded that uh, I loved reading through your profile on Podmatch where we connected and um, which a resource we're both saying we're so grateful to have. Um, and yeah, so let's talk about your journey and um, what led you to where you are now. Sure. So um, about 10 years ago, I started navigating these like rough waters, long winding road, um, whatever metaphors I can throw in there of autoimmune disease diagnosis and treatment. And at one point found myself taking nine different prescription medications three times a day and feeling terrible. And so I slowly, um, with the, with a support system around me started taking back some of my power. Right. So I, I began working on, um, the food I was putting into my body. I began working on how I was moving my body. I, I tried to eliminate toxicity in my environment, um, what I was using on my body. And eventually I had this conversation with my rheumatologist that led me to think if I stepped away from my job, I, I had been a classroom teacher for 14 years. If I, if I left my job, that would eliminate all my stress. And that would be the magic bullet, right? That I would, I would heal and everything would be better. And what I found after I left my job was myself in this unexpected, deep, dark place, um, that I, you know, I had tried everything, right? I thought I knew so, and I was still in pain and now I was emotionally just done. And so, uh, the work I'm doing now is a result of trying to claw myself out of that hole, um, to sort of break cycles for my daughters and hopefully not create new ones. And by doing that emotional work of getting out of that darkness, I started to feel this physical pain leave my body. And so the connection between the two then just became undeniable and, and kept me moving forward on that path um, of, of that deeper healing. 
Wow. Spoke to my soul there for just a second because mm. <laughs> I, I had recently received a diagnosis. Now I don't take any meds. I don't even like to take Tylenol if I have a headache and um, I'll use a rice bag and put it on my neck and just, you know, get that blood flowing and right. usually it works great. But I had had, had some blood work done and um, the physician, it was through like a urgent care type of place and uh, was like, oh my gosh, you know, your cholesterol looks great. Your blood pressure is great. And this is great. And I was like, oh, for 54, woohoo. And he's like, oh, and by the way, you have stage three kidney failure. And, and he hands me these, not, this, this paperwork. And I was like, oh, but huh. what? Well, so it was these GFR numbers, like it was 59 and 60 is normal. So it was just like one below, but still to hear oh. that, I went into, you know, with my trauma history, like instant panic mode. Yeah. Um, and so luckily, as I researched further and found out more information, um, but I did, I did start to look at it from that very mind body approach. I mean, I've done a lot of healing work, but let's look at how I've been eating. I mean, I try to eat whole, but not all the time because I have that sweet tooth. Um, um, but yeah, so, and, and it was about like, we, we joined orange theory. So because I walk every day and I bike, but I really wanted to do some strength stuff and really like start to, because it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, what you said about how you're moving your body, what toxicity is around you. And I love that. Yeah. 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 What a, um, interesting way your physician told you to tell you about <laughs> your blood work. I think that would be triggering to most people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to go back to that, what I found through doing that emotional work was, um, that I had sort of wrapped myself out of a, a false sense of protection in these coping mechanisms of perfectionism and people pleasing. And so that more holistic healing that I had done to that point, because those were unconscious behavior patterns just became another way to ratchet those up a notch. Right. So I, I over-controlled my food for sure. And then I exercised to almost like this punishing extent so that these things were not really healing to me. They were, they were just another way of, um, this false sense of, of protection of not being vulnerable with other people enough to show them my true self, nor with myself to, to experience it myself. And so I couldn't really use those things to heal my body until I could first get to this underlying coping mechanism, figure out why I had developed that, um, learn to be grateful for it because it had got me this far. Right. But then begin to say goodbye to it by actually dealing with the repressed emotions and the trauma that I never had and moving forward from there so that now, yes, it's, it's all so important, right? Um, I can use food in a loving way and move my body in a loving way. And I'm jealous of orange theory. Frankly, that would be so cool. Um, I don't have that in this rural area I live, but, um, yeah. So, you know, there, there was more to it than just checking boxes and these superficial ways of, of looking at it as, as I had until I began to heal emotionally. Wow. That's such a brilliant way to look at it. And I hadn't really thought about it that way before of yes, the, almost like the, the checklist of, okay, 
what foods am I putting into my body? Yes. And it will, it is sort of a control thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and you said you talked about the perfection part of it. And that's, that's the title of your book is um, the other side of perfect, which I love that title. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's what you dive into in that. Yeah. So um, yeah, for me, figuring all of that out uh, meant sort of going back into my past and dealing with the things that I had I thought I had like just moved on and forgot about, right? But what I had really done was just like by never dealing with them, trap them deep inside of me. And then um, and then learn to kind of, like I said, protect it all by trying to be more and more perfect, trying to make others happy. Uh, and so I never really, um, at the point I had quit my job, I didn't really know my true self, let alone had shown it to anyone else. And I didn't really know what I wanted or needed. I got really good at being who and what I thought everyone else wanted. And so healing really meant figuring all that out and then learning to develop my own, uh, intuition and inner guide and get to know myself and value myself and, and find a worthiness there. Yeah. Beautiful. And another point that you had brought up was the the teaching part of it and walking away from that. I'm sure you'd gone into teaching because it, it, it filled a need in you. And it was, um, you know, you, you felt moved towards that profession and then to walk away from it. Yeah, I can understand the impact it had on you. Yeah, that was harder than I thought, for sure. Um, You know, really thinking that like stepping away from my job would solve all my problems. Uh, And it really exposed a lot of things that I hadn't put the time and energy into exposing. And one was, like you said, I had tied up my whole purpose in this job that I did. Um, And I'm not at all invalidating that that is a valuable career and service to, to others that, that people do and that I did for a long time, but we would never, um, advise, say like a professional athlete to tie their whole purpose up in, in their, uh, game that they played, right. Because they won't have that forever. And so when I didn't have that anymore, yeah, that was a part of this darkness of um, realizing how much of my purpose I had wrapped up in that, um, how much that served my ego unconsciously, and then learning a new way to show up in the world and find purpose and meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So now did you go down a specific healing route? I know with my own trauma, I did EMDR therapy for four Mm. years, but I also created this lovely toolbox, as I call it, of, um, it's not alternative anymore, but complementary healing strategies. Um, And yeah, like tapping and um, Ho'oponopono Hawaiian healing and all of that. Oh, I'd love to learn more about all of those things. Um, For me, it was like this process of like deconstruction And I was um, just, there was all this synchronicity going on at the same time, right? But there was one pivotal 
point where I was still in like a, a superficial stage. I say like I was learning about this gut connection to our overall health and realized I needed a probiotic to try to heal my gut, which is all very important again. But this was a, just me like, yep, I'm going to go find the best probiotic. And I was confused by all the choice out there, the difference in prices. And so I went to this uh, local chiropractor um, which is an accessible term where I live. She's more of like, she does all sorts of healing practices, but, um, and I just told her I need a probiotic. I need you to give me a probiotic. And that's all I wanted. And she sort of saw right through that. And she said, wait up, hold on a minute. And so she did some, um, somatic work with me. She does, she didn't do EMDR. It's another technique, but similar, similar idea in that my body was holding, um, holding this repressed trauma, these repressed experiences, emotions. And she helped me unlock that. She did some energetic work. And, um, and so that was, I would say like a real break, like a, a point of no return, right? She opened this up and then I had to continue doing some work on my own. Like I said, I was like, I was, um, just barely beginning to meditate. I was learning about, um, the healing powers of journaling and doing that. I was, um, reading Brene Brown and releasing shame. I, I was learning about my perfectionism and people pleasing through Glennon Doyle. And so all of these things were just kind of working in conjunction at the same time to build my own toolkit though, you know, there, there's no real arriving. I'm still working through it, but you know, now I'm interested in so many others, like what you said, um, sounds all very interesting. Yes. And it, and it's, I love the synchronicity part of it because I, I know for me, I was working in a mental health agency at the time with kids and schools and helping them with bullying, um, you know, anxiety that they may have been experiencing, test anxieties and so forth and um, helping them build this toolbox. Well, <laughs> not realizing I had not yet dealt with my trauma. And so here I was, and then all of a sudden I am doing, realizing, oh my gosh, these stuff, this stuff will help me. And, and it just happened to be falling into my lap as I needed it. And it was just, it was so perfectly timed. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I think for me, those synchronicities helped um, build my own trust and worth in myself, just like, I mean, just showing me the one next step to take at a time, you know, helped me build my own intuition. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm really grateful for all of that just happening to help me keep going. Yeah. Awesome. So now in your book, is, is it a guide? Do you walk people through the steps of, um, things that they can utilize in their own life? Yeah, so I do. Um, it kind of goes through my life. I grew up in this really wild place. And, and so it, it takes the reader through that so that, um, so that they can understand the trauma and what happened. And then as as it goes along, it goes through my own healing. And I've added some journal prompts for anyone reading it that wants to do their own healing. Um, 
you know, it's really hard to get to adulthood without experiencing something. Right. Uh, and we're all affected by something. And so it's really just a, an unwrapping of, of that and figuring that out for ourselves. So whether it's chronic illness or autoimmune disease, or you're just at this stage in life, um, the more open I get, the more people come to me and, and I just realize how many people are tired or burned out or sick or in pain or just seeking help or answers and don't know what to do. And so this is kind of a love letter to those people so that hopefully it does take the reader through my story in the hopes of just really illustrating um, how I got to that place and how I got out of it and hopefully helping others uh, go, go through that themselves if they need to. Well, what a gift that is to people, because there are so many people out, particularly with this pandemic, bringing a lot of this to the surface. Um, mm. And people are really looking for hands to hold. And, and a book like this is, is that hand to hold, it's particularly if it's a guide that offers journal prompts and offers, offers that, that light of hope that I've been here. And now look where I am. Yeah, I made it. So yeah. uh, I hope so. I did. I developed like a 30 day companion journal to go with it as well. Oh, and so, nice. yeah, that is the greater hope, right? That, um, that my story is just there to, to serve as an aid to other people, hopefully. And yeah, with all that's going on, we're all going through this, like, grieving process together. Um, a lot is being brought up for everyone. So many people have more time on their hands than they thought they did. And it's exposing a lot. I think that, um, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, but we, we all collectively find ourselves in a position to have more time away from our job or at home. And yes. so that's exposing these underlying things that we may be busied away for a long time that we, we can't really busy away now, I think. So, yes. Yeah. And I've heard, I've heard people talking about it. I've seen it on talked about on social media on a Facebook post that, mm -hmm. that, yeah, that stuff is coming around because now I can, I don't have to commute an hour each way. And now I don't yeah. have to, and, and yeah, I'm not going out to dinner. I'm home and I'm with my family. And yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much. Which is all good. Right. But the, it does bring up stuff that, um, that I guess needs to come up or it wouldn't be coming up, but it doesn't make it easy. It was like the harder work. I, I put it off for a reason, right? right? I didn't dig into it because it was painful and I knew it was going to be. And so, yeah, this isn't an easy process that so many people are going through at right. once. Yeah. So, so do you have a specific target audience or is it anyone who's, who's really just struggling? Well, when I started writing the book, um, it was, it was really from this deeper sense of healing for myself. I was learning, uh, just how effective journaling is in healing, um, particularly people that have some trauma or repressed emotions that they've never dealt with. And I, I really learned the link, uh, clear scientific data between severe physical illness and repressed emotions, repressed trauma, lots of studies and work that have gone into it. Right. And, and so reading that was like a, a very big aha for me that people that have never talked about things that they've gone through are so much more likely to have chronic illnesses and diseases and 
like very real, real diseases, you know, heart and lung disease, which I had. And so I just started journaling to let that go and let that out there. And as I found healing from it and my intuition started to grow, I, I just felt this was a bigger thing that needed to come together and culminate in some way. And so um, it sort of morphed into a love letter to to my younger self, to like someone that hasn't gone all this way. But, um, but a broader picture is the, is the many women that have come to me since I've been open and vulnerable with my true self and my true story. And like I told you, come to me saying like, this is what I'm going through. I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm in pain. Doctors aren't listening to me. Uh, I, what do I do? And so these are people still seeking validation or, um, giving their power away to someone with MD after their name. Right. And I've been there and I understand that. And I know on this side of it, a diagnosis will not heal you. It will not make you feel better. A prescription very rarely will be that magic bullet that you're seeking. And so this is for those women, those people that come to me saying, what can I do? What else do I do? This is like my very raw, real story of how I went through that and how I got to this point that I am now. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it's so, it just so resonates with me. And I mean, just a little bit of a left turn on it. I talked to a gentleman this week um, and he was, he works a lot with uh, veterans. He's a veteran himself. And he, he, he was so mesmerized by what we were talking about. He actually called to help me out with something. And we ended up having this really deep, wonderful Zoom conversation chat. And he was just so blown away because he had never heard about adverse childhood experiences and mm. the impact and, and so forth. And so anyway, he said, you know, these veterans are getting 15 minutes a month with a doctor and they give them a bottle of pills and not I'm not anti-medication because there are times that it's desperately needed, but then there's nothing beyond that. And it, it, it's masking the symptoms for so many things that are mm -hmm. really those underlying, like you're talking about yeah. that, that trauma, that childhood trauma, that stuff that's been repressed or never processed properly. Um, and what do you do with that? And that's what he said. He said, oh my gosh, like just even talking to you, I now realize there's so many other resources available for people to do the healing work they need to do beyond that 15 mm -hmm. minutes they've been given with a doctor. And that are free, right? And that yeah. we can do in our own home. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. I am not a doctor. So I do want to be really clear about that. And if anyone is struggling with mental health, do seek Yes. professional help. But um, that being said, this book that I read was called Expressive Writing. And it just validated that like, there's a lot I can do on my own. And because of who I was and how I got to where I did, I wasn't seeking professional help. And I'm not saying that's the right path, but that was my path. And I I could do this work on my own and through a healer like my chiropractor and these things um, really, really helped, you know, and then later uh, down the line, for whatever reason, I don't know why these didn't come into my path until later, but I, I read um, Bessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score yeah. and Gabor Mate's When the Body Says No. And 
And to just know how much evidence there is out there for this kind of trauma and physical health, physical illness, um, and just speaking to, you know, uh, our servicemen, like you're talking about, very real um, PTSD or or things that have triggered other things in their childhood, um, that if they had some of these resources, uh, yeah, I mean... It, what could it hurt at least to be able to work through some of these other things and, and not just get a prescription or 15 minutes a day or, or right. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, even these podcasts that we do, I mean, I know you do a podcast as well. It's just such a great resource to offer people to one to know I'm not alone um, in my, in my journey and in my struggles mm. and, and uh, my healing, but two to say, like, like I had just brought up something you're like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You know, to say, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. And you, you say something when these conversations happen, light bulbs go off and you start to say, Oh, I get it. Like, here's something I can look at now. And there's so much less shame, right? Because when we don't have conversations around very real things that are happening, um, it just, I think, piles on the shame. And so it's like, everyone knows this is going on, but no one's talking about it. So it becomes this shameful thing to seek help, to ask for help, to be open, to be honest, to be vulnerable. And I think of our servicemen and, um, yeah, there's a lot of shame around that and there's little help. And then there are these coping mechanisms that they, they develop that, um, you know, add to that and pile on. And so, yeah, thank you. Anyway, I'm, I'm just blabbing on about it, but it is good to just talk about what's true and what's happening. Yeah. Um, open it up hopefully for sure. Well, no talk away because I feel like I've been yammering. So no, I love it. I mean, well, these kinds of conversations, I mean, I could sit and talk with you for hours because mm. um, I'm just so passionate about it and I know you are as well. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Yes. All right. Any um, truths or or myths that you want to address at all? Ah, that's a new question. That's a big one. Um, truths or myths. So I do think that um, anytime we're seeking something outside ourselves, uh, health or help or um, something better, happiness, whatever, as long as we're looking to like a doctor or a pill or one thing like a magic bullet, we were, we are going to be disappointed. Right. And so I think usually, uh, though it, it might sound flippant or I don't know, like a platitude, what we're seeking is really inside and, uh, no one knows, you know, like my path was what it was when I was ready things presented themselves. But, um, I went through a lot of years of seeking, something from someone else until I realized like, ah, it's in here. The answers are in here. And when I, I did that, I can ask for help. I can ask for support and I couldn't have got where I am without it. But, um, happiness, if that's health for some people, uh, is not out here and you won't find it from a doctor. Um, and so I think that's a truth and a myth. I hope, um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I saw a great, and it did, yes, thank you. I saw a great little, um, a little meme quote once and it was someone like a little stick figure drawn with a, with a jar and it said happiness inside of it. And the person talking to them said, oh my gosh, where did you find that? And they said, I made it myself. Mm-hmm. And, and so along those lines, yeah, of, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's sweet for awesome. sure. Yeah. All right. So how do people find the book? How do they find you connect with you? Um, the book is available anywhere online that books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, saw it on Walmart. Um, it's also available through some indie bookstores online that are for like indie publishers. If you don't want to buy from one of those big, massive stores, or you can go to gobucketyourself.com forward slash books, and we'll help you out there with how to get the companion journal, where to go find the book, all of that good stuff. So. I love Go Bucket Yourself. I saw that and I did. You uh, can't help but smile when you read that. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Well, anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about? Mm, well, I'll try to be quick, but there's just a little bit, I think, about the first true step to healing in any sense to me is awareness. So, um, I don't think I could have come to awareness without, you know, like beginning to meditate or slow down, but just beginning to notice the thought patterns and routines in my mind, uh, be the noticer, not like the judger trying to change or anything like that. Just watch what was going on in my mind with my thought patterns, behavior routines. And then once I was able to notice it, um, I could begin detaching from it. Right. So, um, for me, that sounded like I am not my body. I am not my diagnosis. I am not my pain. I am not my mom or my dad or my husband or my daughters. For some people, it might be, I am not my car or my house or whatever. Um, and so I think those two bits of just becoming aware without judging or trying to change or suppress, or rush our emotions, our thought patterns, and then detaching from them, we're able to begin writing a new story, right? Just uh, knowing what story we actually want to tell about ourselves and our lives and stepping toward that. Um, So anyway, for what it's worth. Yeah, no, and I say hallelujah and amen to that because that, and I talk about this in my presentations, is two of the most powerful pieces of advice I ever got was be gentle with yourself and just notice. Mm. Uh, Truly. And those two things shifted everything for me profoundly because when I was able to finally like take a step back and just notice, like you said, Mm -hmm. then, and and be okay with the scary sensations that were were arising in those panic attacks and those, those things that I hadn't, didn't know how to process as a child, Oh my gosh. It, yeah. It changed everything when I was able to stay with my breath and, mm-hmm. and just notice that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, thank advice. you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Terry. Thanks a bunch. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for, yeah, for putting your book out there into the universe and um, the beautiful light you shine of hope for others. So, uh, thank thank you. you. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right. Um, did, did we say, yeah, how people could get a hold of you? We did that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thank you.